Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. You're listening to 1420 The Watch Clicker Podcast with your hosts, Andrew, and my good friend, Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? I'm good, man. You came in. You had a little energy there. I came in hot. You came in. I've been looking forward to that beer. <laughs> I'm doing all right, man. Uh, you, you know, uh, as these things go, uh, right in the middle of the week, uh, busy week um but but yeah we we had our first i think four hours of sunshine in what 20 days yeah maybe more and so that was like i feel this this springtime energy flowing through my veins and i haven't even started drinking yet i have yeah (laughs) <laughs> so so I'm doing really well. Uh healthy. I do feel a little tickle in my throat, but I don't think That's you need to worry allergies. about that. You That's definitely don't allergies. need to worry about that. Yeah. Uh other than that, yeah, nothing to report, man. Baseball se- oh, baseball, baseball season, season, man. We talked about that a little mm-hmm. bit last week, but but also my son has has really rolled into his own season and he's like, man, it's crazy to see like the improvement. You, you know, at that age, it, it things happen overnight, you know, things click and it's mm-hmm. like, oh man. So that's been fun. Yeah. We're doing well. And Andrew, how are you? I'm good. I had a little bit of a weird day. I, I had to go to work this morning at four Ew. and I was there for a few hours and then, which means I had to wake up at three. So I napped in the middle of the day. So I, I just had a, I had a little bit of a weird day. But I'm good because I'm not tired. I took a two and a half hour nap in the middle of the day. So that's the ticket. Yeah. Huh. And, and and you are at the end of your weekend though. Yeah, I go back to work tomorrow. So there whatever. It but it's okay. Want want. Yeah, it's all right. Had a good dinner. Part of my other thing is what some one of the things I made for dinner tonight. Made that some salt pork and boiled cabbage. But don't tell them they're gonna split they're gonna tune out before the I'm, end. I'm leaving out the 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 other thing, the real special touch. Okay. Oh, so that the salt park wasn't the other thing. No, that thing. wasn't the other thing. Okay. That wasn't the other thing. Turned out well. It needed about another day in the brine, though. Mm-hmm. 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 I haven't made anything special. I made some taquitos for the kids in the air fryer. Nice. Yeah. Those are delicious. Well, Andrew, I, I don't wanna I don't wanna rush you. I'm I'm out I of wanna things. give you I, I wanna I give you time nothing of to consequence talk to about not by comparison at least. But I don't want to give you too much time <laughs> because we've got a couple of pretty special guests for tonight's episode. We have talked once again. We have tricked some folks, some industry folks into coming on the 40 and 20 podcast. We have procured the the amazing personalities that are. Partners in crime, owners of Monta Watch Company, hailing out of the lovely city of St. Louis. We've got Justin Crodel, Mike Demartini. Gentlemen, you are live on the... We're not live. You're on 40 and 20, not live at all. Justin, Mike, gentlemen, how are you? Never better. Oh, good <laughs> wow. to be here. Thank you for having us. So, Justin, you've been on the show at, at least twice, I believe, and then mm-hmm. and then we've also recorded on in other capacities together. So, so I feel like you're a, a you, you, you're an old hat, Mike. This is your first time on our show. 
yeah i guess <clears throat> like i'm i'm really the odd man out here and i so you are i wanted to point that out we're gonna yeah. we're yeah. gonna really hammer on it too tonight so <laughs> yeah i appreciate it that's good that's good good <laughs> absolutely welcome to both of you it's been too long uh we have spent together nights with with many drinks and italian foods uh but it's nice to have you here on the show in in multiple different cities by the way new york and san francisco that's right. And um, yeah. and I just I just want to throw out there I was I was doing a little refresher before this that it was June of 20. My what a different time in the world it was back then when I when I debuted on the podcast. And the only difference between now and then in terms of the episode cuz I'm at home recording this with you was back then you you had drinks pretty much every night of the week. And this being a Tuesday and getting to work tomorrow morning, um, no, no drinks tonight, but we're still going to have a good time. <laughs> well, we still do drinks every time we record. So. <laughs> Speak for yourself, sir. You're two, you're two hours behind. Yeah. Yeah. I, gotta yeah, I, I, I got a Fiji <laughs> bottle in the other room full of vodka. I don't know what Crodel's thinking. You know, I'm just I'm just pounding it. See, Lucy Goosey over here. It's the debut episode. You got to get wild, right? <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, my favorite is when we record with someone from from, you know, South Africa or for, from somewhere in Europe and they they wake up early. So we'll stay up late and they'll wake up early and they I, I don't know if anybody feels obliged, but we've had multiple folks with like seven o'clock whiskey, seven mm -hmm. a.m. whiskeys on the show. And it's like they don't start with it, though. It's like partway <laughs> through. They're like, I'm gonna be right back. <laughs> I know Brett from Tool Watch Company. It's like, yeah, power to you, man. That's that's a what a life, what a life. What a, well, he's gonna go surfing after. Yeah, what, what a life. That's right. Or, or go 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 do act, do yeah. some acting things. Like, yeah, you can do that drunk, I guess. <laughs> yeah, Crow and I are gonna go get some like toasted ravioli at a place called Emos here in St. Louis, which is like the worst pizza on the planet and the best T Ravs ever. It's like kind of a weird combo. So toasted but, uh, raviolis, that's a St. Louis thing, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. We we totally originated those. That's our thing. Yeah. And we also created this, you know, Emo's Pizza, which is, I mean, it's 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 it's, it's a conundrum. It's like, if you're from here, you freaking love it. And if you're not, you're kind of like, I don't know what they're thinking. That's you know? like, like Skyline some, Chili is oh, the same way. Cincinnati Chili, yep. It's the, it, yeah. It's the same thing. It's like, if, if you know, you know, and if you don't know, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're like, that's not that good. That's not great. So what's um, Emo's, what, what is, what, what's the skinny on this dish? Well, it's the, it's the real thin cracker crust, um, which is done elsewhere, but in particular here. And then it's the Provel cheese. And Mike, what what is Provel? It's like it's Pro Provel. Pro Provel is a is a very questionable substance. It's a <laughs> it's 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 only legal in the state of Missouri. Um, so you know it's, it's why good. it's not transferred out to other states. But uh, what it is, it's a mix of not it's a mix of mozzarella and provolone somehow melted into one homogeneous solution, and it's fucking hideous. It's just like kind of hardcore um i can't but, tell if you like this pizza or not I, I no i don't like, okay, it, okay. I, I but i mean <laughs> I, and i'm sure i'm making people mad by even saying this but what's crazy though is crotal probably likes it because he's from here 
He's probably like, I could go for a slice of emos right now. Now that we're talking about it, but toasted raviolis. Yeah, it's he's not, not like, going to kick it out of bed. No, it's like he's not kicking that pizza out of bed. <laughs> but toasted ravs, on the other hand, are it's just this amazing thing that totally makes up for everything that I dislike about emos. So, <laughs> but yeah, we, we definitely went have to something. the direction of pizza. Yeah, exactly. With pizza instead of watches, which is probably better. It's probably more interesting. <laughs> so, yeah. We we've talked but, about, we've talked about re- repositioning the podcast to many, many things o- over the years. Uh, this is the first time we've had a proposal to make it a pizza podcast, but we're going to put it on the board. I mean, the 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 listens would be out of control. It would be. Yes, probably would, would be. be. I would. It. I think Barstool Sports, the Brick Watch Company guy, they already kind of did that. So maybe maybe we uh, we'll, we'll put it on the man. board. We'll put it on the whiteboard. But I, I I'm not. I don't have Got real high you. hopes. I yeah. forgot completely about Brick Watch Company. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, is that a thing <laughs> anymore? Okay. Well, I think he's still got like a million dollars of inventory, so it must still be theoretically, it's still a thing. I can't remember what was it. It was like millions of dollars that he had spent on inventory, so it must it must still be a thing. There's just no way he's out of stock. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I I I, I predict there's no wait list. (laughs) (laughs) I predict those watches. I predict something like 90% of those watches will make it on the market with a different dial and, and probably a different logo. They'll be brand new in box for the next century. Yeah. Yeah. B and I B baby. <laughs> well, gentlemen, so gentlemen, I think, I think everybody's wearing a Manta. I'm wearing a Manta. I'm mistaken. Yeah. Which I'm, is really cool. I'm wearing a triumph. I have an Atlas. What are you guys rocking? I went with I went with Opal and Noble. Opal and today. Noble, yeah. I say today because it's like I pretty much put on a different watch almost every day, but then I I try to wear it all day, and then I just capture as much content as I can for the future. And and, and Mike, and I, what what are you wearing? I'm wearing the like bicolor black and red bezeled uh, SkyQuest, and I you know the kids call it a Coke. I mean I just freaking love it. It's just it's I, I I like waver between the three of them. Um, I can't. I wear the noble if I have to be fancy, but I'm just not fancy. So this is this is my watch. So you like, don't I, wear the I'm noble really, very often, is what I'm hearing. It is so comfortable. It is so nice. I just have to kind of be in the right situation to wear it, and I just I'm never in it. I I I, I am the guy when Justin always looks kind of snappy at work. And I'm wearing probably 75% of the time I wear like Lululemon pants and a, and a workout shirt. I'm trying to, I'm trying to decide if I've ever seen Justin in a t-shirt and I don't know that I have, I don't know that I've ever seen, (laughs) I don't know that I've ever seen Justin in a t-shirt. So because he's look at in his eyes, he's saying it's because I don't own T-shirts. <laughs> They're only no, I, for the purpose of protecting his nip area, you know, in, in coldy days. So I, I was thinking, ever we just got to make sure we hang out more often because usually when we're hanging out, I got to be very presentable at wind up or a red bar or something like yeah, that. But true, I, I have my fair share of T-shirts, at least three. Actually, he's got a favorite T-shirt company. Uh, honestly, he does. He's got a favorite T-shirt company. Well, okay, I, let's I, hear it. I let's hear it. Name of it the, yeah, shout out to Buck Mason. Yeah, that's oh, my yeah. jam. Oh yeah, they do. They do good stuff. They do Big good fan. stuff. Well, yep. enough about T-shirts because 
you guys have just gotten back from Switzerland where you attended together, I assume. Maybe you guys didn't. Maybe you guys didn't go together. I don't know. You guys went to Watches and Wonders 2023, which Andrew and I talked about a couple weeks ago. And we decided, at least from a sitting on the couch, scrolling through your feed, this is probably the most exciting watches and wonders that we can or that i could remember and i think you mm-hmm. yeah. you, you sort of agreed andrew yep and i had certainly more things that caught my eye than any watches and wonder prior like easter colors that was not a cool watchers watches and wonders <laughs> like neat <laughs> well well it, the, the, some of the watches were cool but they're just didn't it, it seems like this year more than i can remember there were like there were so many Watches and Wonders releases that we couldn't fit all the things that we wanted to talk about in a hour and ten minute episode, and that's part part of part of that is because I don't sh- shut up and I talk about things too long. But part of that is just because there were so many cool things that mm-hmm. were going on. You know, we had to curate. Like, well, we can't talk about that because we just don't have time. So, uh, t- tell us about Switzerland, guys. Well, the experience, I'm sorry, I should probably let Justin talk about this one because he, he's more eloquent about it, but I I just thought it was just mind-blowingly impressive show. I've been to Baselworld. We, you know, we kind of, yeah, start back, like, the day we land. The day we land, we're fried. Um, we land in the middle of Watches and Wonders, so we've already seen all the releases online, and um, we were debating on if we would actually show there, like if we would continue to show, because back when Basel world happened, we actually used to display at Basel world and we used to display at a show that actually was right next door to Basel world. And I mean, right next door. So we're, we're, you know, we're kind of old hat. I was going to Basel world back in 2015. I think it was my first time I went to that. So, you know, you fast forward to, I don't know, three or four months ago, Crotal and I are like, like we should probably go to this and decide if we want to go and, display because the brand's really growing fast and things are moving pretty quick let's you know decide if we're going to do it and we're still probably up in the air i'd say we're leaning towards a no at this time um but we went to uh time to watches which was a was which was a show in downtown geneva not too far away from watches and wonders and we went to another thing at a hotel called the beau rivage on uh, Geneva Lake. And like the distance between where the show is, Watches and Wonders, and these places is pretty small. You can you can take it, you can take a bus and, and get to all of them. Um, the Beau Rivage one, it, it definitely wasn't our speed, was it, Crotal? We just were like, mm. no, it just didn't even feel fun. Um, the Time to Watches, um, that would be like a, a, probably the most likely, but it just, it was kind of dead when we went there that day. So I'm going to give them, I'm going to give them a two out of 10 on the naming convention there. No joke. Yeah. That's a little yeah. blah. Was it just a bad, um, that a bad translation or like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that's a uh, weird name. yeah, that was kind of like the Nova, the Chevy Nova. Yeah. Like what were they thinking? Sending it to Mexico and yeah. being like, means no go bro so um <laughs> like you know, i mean what's up but um 
yeah it was it was that one was like it was a cool show it was a little too mixed too it was like too mixed around like lots of brands that were small but then you go to watch them wonders and it's like epic i mean it was just unreal it was i've been to the pal expo for another show that we do um related to like purchasing stuff and seeing watch manufacturing and that place looked completely different it looked so impressively nice i know that if you guys go next year you're gonna be like oh wow this is not a trade show this is this is like an epic level of just beauty well give us a sense of scale so i i went to i went to um wind up here in in new york a few months ago with andrew uh, I, I said I, but I realized mm-hmm. we went to wind up and, you know, that that was in wind up terms. That was a huge show. Uh, but I think we were like 80 vendors um, and, and it was it, it still feels small. It doesn't feel it doesn't feel I wouldn't say epic, but in wind up terms, it was like, well, this is really a, a thing here. Uh, what what What's the what's the relative sense of scale for this? So the, the time to watch is that Mike was alluding to, um, I'm going to guess ballpark around 50 brands in that room, kind of make like a circle around everyone. And I would say that's comparable to wind up very different brands. You would not see much overlap. The big difference being that there wasn't as many just general watch enthusiasts from the general population. Like you see at wind up at this time to watch a show. And I think that's the struggle that we're having is if, um, if we're going to spend the time and the money and the energy to go with staff and and man this booth and pay the booth fee and have product over there and be prepared for it, what is that really going to do for us? Is that going to drive sales? And who are we connecting answer with? Is, mm-hmm. What's that? Yeah. Who who are we connecting with at at yeah. the show? Yeah. Yeah. And so I just I don't think it's there for us in that capacity. What we're probably more interested in is acquiring retailers over the coming years. Uh, we have two authorized dealers now, uh, one in Evansville, Indiana, and then one here locally in St. Louis. And the goal is to add a couple more over the next 12 months and and continue slowly building out that that piece of our business. So that could dovetail well with a a show, whether it's time to watches or the big show watches and wonders um, getting eyeballs from retailers uh, in a, in a one week setting instead of, you know, flying all over the country, all over the world and trying to have one off meetings for with, with these folks. But um, the, the watches and wonders piece, like, like Mike said, was, I was explaining it to some of my family last weekend. It's like a bunch of small scale Las Vegas lobbies all in one room. If you can, can picture that. And, and they are, and they just differentiated. Yeah, I mean, like the the overall aesthetic is all the same. Like for the listeners who've been to Basel World, the Rolex booth, the Paddock booth, the Tudor booth, they're basically identical. I mean, they kind of changed like the front entrance a little bit, like on the Tudor booth, but it's the exact same booths. It's just well, the way they showcased them in Basel World was different in terms of watches and wonders had the uniformity to it. And it's just utterly fascinating having seen that ex- ex- exhibition space like Mike said, at a show last summer um, in that same spot, now it's, you would have no idea you're in the same room. I mean, massive amounts of drywall and the way that they cover the ceiling with this like white sheet uh, material so that it doesn't look like there's rafters and everything above you and the flooring and the lighting, 
um, incredible. There's just, there's no other way to put it. What's crazy is this, right? So you, you go back in time and you go to Baselworld and you see this, like these booths and you guys have all seen like Rolex's booth and Tudor booth, you know, like the way it looks, it looks like it's, looks like the empire, you know, mm-hmm. Star Wars, the empire strikes back, like literally is over there, you know? And <laughs> what's wild is Rolex and Tudor and Paddock and, oh gosh, was it like Chopard? I'm, I'm pulling a plate, maybe Chanel. These guys, they pop up their old booth from Baselworld, which is already a 10, might I add, okay? It's already mind-blowingly impressive looking. But then you go down the hallway and you see like Tag, uh, Narden, um, J.J. LeColte, I mean, I'm trying, uh, IWC, who didn't really display at Baselworld years ago. They always went to SIHH. And they just kept their same kind of style, which they just fully recreate a totally new concept in a space every single year. And this is like a hundred feet by a hundred feet wide, and it's totally new, and it's so creative. And like for example, Narden made this. Um, Ulysses Narden made this. Uh, what's it? What's it called? Like the crazy person, or what's? What, I mean, I can't even think of the name of the type. The freak. That's right, the freak. Yeah. They made the freak on the floor and then they put this glass uh, reflective mirror. I mean, it was mind bendingly impressive. I was so in awe of how beautiful these booths were. And I mean, I mean, remember Justin, the the waterfalls at JJ Lacole? JLC, yeah. I'm like, so they're like art installations. Fuck? It's like, what yeah. the fuck? I mean, it's so sorry, I probably shouldn't curse on the show, but no, you so can, you can please, swear you all like, you do want it all the time. On yeah. 40 and 20, it's yeah. just I mean, it's it's so incredible. So, but to talk about the watches for a moment, the show is over the top impressive. But I mean, I guess you probably want to talk about the watches inside the thing. Right? You, you know, it, it it it's sort of like six one half dozen of the other, right? Like this is all for, you. You know, I, I never imagined myself wanting to go to watches and wonders uh, until about thirty five seconds ago. So it's the waterfalls. For oh, me. yeah. <laughs> Oh, Andrew's a sucker and for a waterfall. Thing, right? I know that much. Oh yeah, it just gets you so excited. But um, so but so there you are at this incredible show, and you know you've got all these watch press around, and they're amazed too. Like they're in just shock how impressive it is. So um, everybody's a kid in a candy shop, and where at Basel World it kind of felt like it was uh, I, I don't know it's kind of competitively like showing off. You're in such awe of everything. It's the exact opposite. Your mental thought process is just like, this is so incredible. I'm just going to enjoy every moment of it. The staff over at Everest, the the rubber strap company that I also, like I own that thing separately, but they have a blog and we got invited to, to be pressed there this year, which was pretty cool. So we covered the show and um, it was just, they were all just shocked. We'd never done it before. And everybody was just, their just jaw was dropping. Um, there's even, what's even crazy about this is like the food, they, they serve lunch at the show. I mean, you don't go to a trade show and have lunch and it's really nice. Like they're bragging to me like, oh yeah, I had the, I had the shrimp risotto. I'm like, oh, you had the what? I'm like the Where, shrimp where'd risotto. Where'd you go to that? <laughs> I'm like, you had the what? Oh yeah, and 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 uh, George, he had the duck. 
I'm like, you had you had duck at a trade show? <laughs> was it? I mean, are we are we kidding with ourselves? And they're like, yeah, it was like it was like five star. Okay, I did you see the watches or did you guys just eat on my dime? You know, so um, and then yeah, it was just you know just so mind blowingly impressive. Um, but yeah, you guys, if you can make it next year, I mean, Justin, I'm sure you'd agree with me. Like, it would be overwhelmingly cool. So. It is. And the fact of the matter is you can see the watches better on your phone or your tablet or your laptop than you can at the show. But yet there's <laughs> yeah. still the the magic of being there and the people. And um, yeah, it's it's an experience. If, if you're into watches, you got to it's one of those things you got to try once. And it's a primarily press event. Is there like just a line of people at every single watch display with every outlet waiting for their turn to photograph the watch? I'm just trying to like wrap my head around what that what that looks like on on the on, on the fir- we, we weren't there for the first press days, mm-hmm. um, but but yeah, I mean from pictures I saw. But then the Saturday and Sunday were what they call the public days, and anybody can go to those. You just, you just buy a ticket. And um, there was a fair amount of people. I mean, the only booths I saw where there was a line per se to stare at the watches through this proverbial window was Rolex and Paddock, maybe a little bit at Tudor. The good news is for anybody listening to this, it's not like you're waiting in line for 15 minutes. I mean, we're talking you stand there patiently for like 30 to 60 seconds until someone clears out of the way and they get done taking a picture on their phone. And then you can press your face up against the glass and, and take a look at it. But like I said, it's you're going to have a better view looking at the blogs pictures that they post the first day of the event because they have the press images than you are getting up to see it yourself uh, mm-hmm. through the glass window. But it's more just about the, you know, being in this place with all these people with the shared passion. And, um, you know, the thing I always remark when we're over in Switzerland is that uh, Europeans are just way more put together than us Americans are. You know, everybody looks nice. They're in a good mood. They feel good. And uh, that that is incredibly infectious and, and adds to the you know the allure of the, the whole event. So you guys were there for a little over a week. You did three different watch shows. Um, for, for for those of us that might go to Geneva on a whim uh, to to one of these shows, did you guys do anything else in or around Geneva that you're like, do this if you're gonna go? There's plenty of food, food and drink, um, and we could make a long list of those type of places. But um, Geneva is a very, very walkable city. Um, a lot of a lot of great places to walk around. And and I will tell you that uh, that time of year, right? So the the end of March, first part of April, that's typically when the show is going to happen. Um, we were walking through the show, and literally almost bumped into Terry Stern, uh, the CEO with with, with grocery bags. With Literally, his gro- with, with his grocery bags, <laughs> just like uh, he's just getting into his car in a couple minutes. He's, you know, he's got and, the fondue pot in there. He's, and and then later that afternoon, I think, or that early that evening, we were walking through downtown, and um, Francois Paul Jorn, Mister F P Jorn, comes walking out of a restaurant, and um, and then Mike and I were walking out of the the Beau Rivage, walking over to the to the water. And um, Nicholas from Fears was standing right there and haven't seen him in probably a year and a half. So we stopped and had a nice long chat with him. And then he proceeded to invite us to a, a pub later that night to have drinks with some of the worn and wound folks and some other friends of the industry. So it's it becomes just a, 
just a big hangout session. You know, yeah. if you're if you're out and about, you're going to bump into people you know, and uh, most people are are very friendly. Yeah, I mean, just to kind of point out, we did not get invited by Terry Stern to a bar after seeing him. No, <laughs> dick. So he he this did not. True. He <laughs> did not. He his he and his grocery bags just zipped right past us. I, I, it was literally I assume, like grocery bags. I assume it was so. a similar interaction with Mr. Jordan. Um, he doesn't speak much English. So, yeah, yeah, no, no yeah. We, we just, although ironically, one of the guys we were with wanted to like go talk to him, even though he knew he did not speak English, and mistakenly thought he was somebody, another person who was like walking the opposite direction, and like chased after the guy. <laughs> so he's like, "Mr. Jorn, remember me?" And the other guys looking at him like, "What? Who is this person?" And he's just <laughs> running after him and. Justin's like, hey man, that's not FP Jorn. It's not, it's not him. Just that's yeah. that's some other dude. Fair that's enough. just that's just a dude. Stop. That's just a fellow on just the street. Get his autograph. Yeah, just yeah. Yeah, <laughs> stop scaring that old dude. Okay, you're you're freaking him out. Okay. So well, um I, I'm, if, I'm jealous of you guys' experience. That sounds like a ton of fun. Can we talk a little bit? Can we talk a little bit about this watch brand that you guys run, Monta? Uh so I, I want to talk about something because you alluded to you've added a new retailer in St. Louis and you previously had an AD. Where's the first one? I'm sorry. Indiana. 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 So you've now got two authorized dealers and you're looking to pump that up. It sounds like that feels a little bit like a return to your roots. Mm -hmm. Famously, I think perhaps Monta's foray into the watch world was I don't I don't feel bad at all, and you guys can be mad at me, but a failure in launching a watch brand into br the brick and mortar space, circa what 2012? 17? 17. No. Yeah. Was it that late? Yeah. So, so here yeah, we are. Here we are. I wear come... the badge of, of pride that we failed. So <laughs> yeah, well, that we're still here. And, and here so. you are, right? So now come full circle. Tell us about that. I mean, there's there's some stuff that there, there's some obvious stuff, right? You 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 there's this issue of margins, and you guys have positioned yourself in a place to be able to have margins that make that a viable a viable route to your business, but. Has that always been a goal, um, notwithstanding that that introduction to the industry? And and how do you feel about getting back there? I think it's it's been a goal. It it got put to the back burner in a big way up until well, actually, right before the pandemic started, we had started talking about it again, and then it got pushed to the back burner for a second time. Um, but the fact of the matter is, you know, at, at this at this level, there has to be a way to touch and feel it. You know, you, you can do well enough online, um, but maybe there's a bit of a glass ceiling there. I don't I don't think we're anywhere close to it yet, yet in terms of online sales, but um, but eventually you're you're gonna butt brush up against it. And so having having that retailer network that's going to be able to you know, showcase your product properly and, and reach uh, a, a broader audience and and match your level of customer service um, uh, for those folks. Um, that's that's where we want to look to next. And actually, we 
made a video about this uh, while we were we were over there. So stay tuned for that uh, in the coming weeks as well. I, I think yeah, that's... I mean, to... Please. Oh. I want to hear from you. Yeah. I, I talk here all the time. So, you know, if you kind of go back into 2017 and just to note some things, which is all like this is where <laughs> there's like we're an open book, which is really true because like Justin was working in finance. He was a close friend of mine. Um, he ran the like St. Louis chapter of the Red Bar. And um, we'd become like pretty close buddies in, back in like 2016. I had a launch party for Monta. Monta was just this like idea that I had. And, and we had only one watch built after about two years of like tinkering with the idea. And he comes to the launch party and he's like, I'm all in, man. Like this, I want to be part of Monta without a doubt. And I was like, yeah, so uh, you don't because we're not making any money and it's not a good time. Like I've just poured a ton of cash and getting ready for, for Basel World. I don't think it's, I think it's probably the wrong time you'll get let go if you want to start working there straight up. Like that's what I told him. I mean, I, they're, they're, if you notice, I'm not really, there's no bullshit with me. And he was like, okay, well, uh, well, I still want to work with you. And Counter counterpoints. Yeah, he was like, <laughs> he was like, so what? What can I do? And I was like, well, you know what? Why don't Why don't you become like? Why don't, honestly, why don't you take over like a managerial role at Everest in sales? And we do need that. He was like, okay, you know what? I'll take it. So he takes the role. He's murdering it. Honestly, he does a great job at it. Anything the guy touches, he does a good job at. And um, you know. We all go to Basel World 2017. So we'll just kind of back up. It's like 2016. So uh, epic fail. We we don't sell a single retailer, really. You know, we, our watches were too expensive at the time. We kind of had a, a watch that was, it just really wasn't fully developed. One model, the Triumph, on the other hand, just worked. It was flawless. We nailed it. And the whole brand just kind of started really going down that track the second we got home because we realized we needed to, we need to do something other than this ocean King that just wasn't selling. So, um, as, as the true story goes, we decided to like, you know, say we're going to eventually get back to that path of being in, in stores because the brand is so kind of touchable and feelable and so quality, but we need to be in stores and really open only just recently were we able to get an inventory situation where we could have, we could do it um, where we could really get the full collection in place that we've got at the ocean King coming out in about two weeks. Um, and, you know, we finally kind of nailed displays and we just kind of got our act together finally with it. And I know that Justin and I are very excited about this because um, it's something we've been looking forward to, but since we really don't know how to sell a watch in a store, we're taking it very slowly as like slowly as we can. I think almost, would you agree with me, Justin, kind of painfully slow. Like we don't want to, yeah. we could add 30 retailers tomorrow. We just will screw it all up. Mm -hmm. So we're just going to well, have we, like five. 30 we've worked too hard yeah. to get to this point and do it right. You know, the, you can't fake the reviews. You look at the remarks about our customer service and our design language and everything is that's that's the foundation you can't screw that up so it's got to be be very careful 
Well, Mike, you said something just now that I'd like you to to dive into a little bit. You said uh, Monte as a brand is touchable. Uh, ignoring for a second how creepy that comment is. Uh, <laughs> do you think that that's... So I think Andrew and I both have probably had the same experience in that regard, which is that we find ourselves explaining to people or... or, or perhaps not not pleading with people because because we don't really have a, any vested interest but saying like look you don't get it because you you haven't touched it right mm -hmm. the the answer is putting that bracelet on your wrist so, so I'm wearing my triumph today on an everest strap which is I'll, I'll just I'll just quickly say this is the nicest rubber strap I, I've ever touched and I think that there are probably two or three manufacturers that are making similar products, but this is, I mean, it's, it's out of this world, how good it is, but I, I want to, until I wore it, I want to wear my triumph on the bracelet because yeah. it is the best bracelet. I, I mean, and, and you don't, it's not that it looks, I mean, it's a three, it's a three link, right? It's like whatever, but you put it on and you're like, holy shit, this thing is cool. Do you find that that, that is something that people need in order to feel like Monta makes sense? I think that like there's a gigantic confusion in the watch world about value. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. I mean, I just want to vomit when someone talks about value in the watch world because... First, if you totally lean into the movement side, you're really wrong because the majority of, we'll say, in-house movements, they're just not accurate. They, they talk about being accurate, but they're not because to produce a movement where you only make 500 or 1,000 or 10,000 pieces a year, you just can't, you just can't mass produce it properly. I already went down that path. I'm, I'm like, I went down the path with Eterna years ago. The Eterna 3909, which we made in the first Ocean King, was a mind-bendingly impressive movement on paper. It just is uh, kind of a hunk of junk if you only make a few hundred. A there month. are going to be variances mm -hmm. at that scale. Yeah, like we we literally had to hire watchmakers just to perfect them so we get them out the door so that they would they would work properly. I mean, we spent two times what it cost to manufacture the movement to make the movement work right. Then you go to like, say, for example, you know, just like just for a second, we'll go to the extreme, the, the perfect in-house movement, Rolex. OK, I'll just jump out and say it. OK, the thing is absolutely flawless. It's it's our watchmaker will even say, like, that's the best movement on the market. Is it a value at ten thousand dollars for that watch? Yeah. Crazy as it sounds. It is a value. OK, because it's a perfect watch in the sense of manufacturing and the movement and so on and so forth. You go to us and you say, well, the 2893 and the 2892, the SW300, SW330, those, those movements, they are without a doubt fantastic. I mean, we tweak them so much uh, from a timing perspective and a checking perspective. I don't really want to get into what we, 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 we have internal numbers that we like, that we think are pretty impressive. We don't tell anybody how precise they are, but I mean, Justin, come on. Like we go to do we go too far, don't we? Because we want people to be happy. Okay. Is it quartz? Yeah. No. Sometimes. Not every time. I mean, like not a it. lot of the movements from Solita are the right perfect. Role. 
Yeah. But if, you know, if we test them and they're dead perfect, we don't open the, you know, the piece up. But my point is, is like, there's a big confusion about value with that. Then you jump to bracelet, you jump to case, you jump to like our crown, you jump to our hands, you jump to our dial. I mean, our hands are made in Switzerland. Are they diamond cut? Of course they're diamond cut. There's extra processes that us and only five brands use to make our hands. Us and five brands. Our own hand manufacturer said, you don't need to do this. This is a waste of your time. Doing it. You don't need to go to. Yeah. And we were like, well, we're American. So we just do everything overdone. <laughs> so like, you know, because we're nuts. And, and you know, same thing with our, our, our case manufacturers. Same thing. Like, you don't need to go to such extremes. You don't need to have a removable tube on your case. You could just, just solder it in and be done. And we're like, no, we need a removable tube. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's too grindy. We need a better crown uh no you don't yeah we do i mean like all of the little things that people just ignore at like the value point we just went to extreme opposites and said we're going to bring it to market and do it that way is our watch a value at 1800 for a for a noble yeah absolutely it's a value at four grand okay like i'm not embarrassed to say that okay but we don't sell in value because it's a stupid move the, the thought process should be like, did you like enjoying wearing the watch? Yes, I really loved it. Do you like the dial? Yes, I love it. Are you going to wear it for the next 10 years? Yes. Okay, then you should buy the watch. So with with Monta, I, I find that Monta's customers that we, that we run into. So I, I've got a friend, Justin, you and I have talked about this person recently. Uh, I've got a friend here locally uh, who has probably conservatively owned 80, 80 watches in the last three years. Um, six of those have been Montez. He just recently purchased an Opal and Noble. Um, this fellow is more than just about anybody I know personally, really well acquainted with what he likes on a watch. Uh, and in a conversation with him, I, I said, well, we were talking recently about our, our disparate habits. So I spend way too much time thinking about a watch and then I buy the one I want, buy the watch I want and I keep it for forever. Andrew's the same. Yeah. Uh, th this fellow is the opposite, right? So we have similar desires in terms of the watches we're going to own, but we have completely opposite approaches. He is like, I'm going to try everything. And so he, I, I do believe besides this Opal and Noble, he's sold every single watch he's ever owned and, and will sell the Opal and Noble soon is my guess. But uh, in, in talking to him, I said, well, what watches have you kept the longest? And he, he gave me three watches and each of them was a Monta. Do you guys find that? So, so that to say, I, I think my experience is that Monta customers are are loyal in a, probably a, a bit of an irrational way. But do you find that that experience, what specifically about the experience of owning a Monta makes Monta people fanatic, I, I think is a fair word. What is it about that experience? So I, I think several things, two points that I'll make right off the bat is that um, in the last 12 months or so, our returning customer rate has eclipsed 25%, which is something I'm That's really proud of. I know Mike is too. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah and like even you know this week we were shipping these uh these opal and sky quest this limited edition that we recently did and um there was two people one of which it was his seventh manta and another guy i think it was his fifth and um i'm always kind of taken back by that a little bit just to look at the history and and luckily because of the shows we go to and the connections we make with, with guys like you is that most of those people I know either have met them in person or have had a phone call with them. And so it's, it's just building that relationship and making sure that, um, you know, you take care of your customers. So you, you, you answer the phone, you respond to the emails. Uh, if they have a problem that, that you fix it quickly. Um, the other point I want to make is, is, you know, what we talked about with these dealers and, and being able to go hands-on is, the the ability to validate the things that they see in here if they've never seen a Monza before. Uh, um, so Mike talked about the hands. I mean, we can take a lot of pretty pictures, but until you can really see it with your own two eyes and, and hold it in your hand, um, that's where I think the, the Monza difference really comes to fruition. And, um, you, you know, I, I, I probably take it maybe too personally, but it just pushes me to do better is when I see comments online on the forums, on social media. And, you know, like, like to give it an analogy, like if, if someone is, is bashing on Manta, uh, a lot of the things they're saying are so obtuse that it's like, it's like me trying to tell you, well, it's, it's not really that cold in Alaska. Like you don't, you don't need a coat ever. You're, you're not going to need a coat. And that, that's how, that's how crazy it is to me when I see some of these things. And so, um, so I, I always say feeling is believing. People say seeing is believing, um, but you, you can't you can't fake that stuff. The, you mentioned the bracelet. Um, you know we're we're constantly trying to improve, and a lot of times now the improvements are so small, um, the refinements are so small that um, I try to explain it to some of my friends, and they're like, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like those those look exactly the same. And I'm like, no, no, look right here. Like, do you see that? And so, so it's, it's that constant obsession and, um, you know, for where Mike and I sit as watch enthusiasts turned brand owners now, um, that that's what drives us. We, we geek out on this stuff and, and I'm always kind of reminding him, like, we can't lose sight of that. Like that's, that's going to be a big part of our success. And so we're, we're just constantly, uh, focused on that, that piece of it and, and making sure that. At the end of the day, we have an unofficial motto with Monta that is we just want to make cool shit and have fun doing it. And we just, like I said, we can't lose sight of that. And I think if, if we do that, um, the success is going to continue to follow. Well, let, let's talk a little bit about refinement because that that's a, that, that's a good segue because that was one of the things, one of the main criticisms of Monta that I've seen o- over time. And, and this was certainly true before the introduction of the Noble. Uh, I, I think that changed with the introduction of the Noble. But prior to that, I, I think there was a criticism that Monta had a watch, a watch with different features. And, you, you, you know, you, you, you know, obviously you had two different case sizes, but but essentially you had two two cases, each with two sort of modalities. And and that was Monta's lineup. And, and that changed a bit with the introduction of the noble you, you know there's some pretty clear uh distinctions between the noble and perhaps the triumph which i think is m- maybe the closest thing in your mm-hmm. lineup 
Um, but still, even looking at the two watches, once you get past the dial, you, you can look and you can see the similarities. I think that changed, and, and I'm not sure, if you're not paying attention, I'm not sure that you'd recognize this, but that recently changed with the introduction of the Gen 2 SkyQuest earlier this year. Um, I, I, there are a number of changes in that watch that I think are are kind of a big deal. M maybe not, you, you know, if you look at the old SkyQuest and the new SkyQuest, you might be like, oh, it's a little different. Uh, but there, you, you guys have made some big changes there. I think, as someone who's familiar with your brand, uh, understanding what Monta's design language was and what where it appears to be going now, talk a little bit about the evolution of the SkyQuest. I, I know Will has reviewed that watch on our website, and and I believe he's also taken some pictures, perhaps for the brand. Um, had I've had the opportunity not to see that watch, but certainly to see it in in high res images and and there are some big takeaways for me but but i want to hear your guys perspective on that well just to kind of like go for just a second into what justin was saying there <clears throat> you know we both have very different roles here in the company justin is the day-to-day -day runner of the communication between the customers mike the, justin justin is the nice one Oh yeah. Yeah. Way better. Nicer. You want to meet him. Don't meet me. Yeah. You know, I'm like bigger, taller, like a little bit, but I'm also scarier looking. So, uh, no, no. But, um, the, my point is, is that our jobs and roles here are different, but we have the same, like at the end of the day, we're almost like sharing a brain because, you know, when I show him something, if I like it, okay, I'll, I'll ask him. He's like, man, I'm, I'm all in. I love that. That's 200% us. But I'm more on the side of like pushing the design envelope when people are might saying like, oh, you're not I'm like, okay, sure, whatever. Um, but that's me. I'm pushing the design envelope. I'm pushing the critical side of that side. And with that, I'm going and trying testing new ideas and seeing if they'll work. And then he's like, you know, I have to, I have to sell this and communicate this to the customer. I have to be in love with it. So we're pushing we'll say the same rock, but just on the different side of it up the hill. So, um, but from you taking the sky quest for a moment, why did the brand do what it did? Because if you look at the gen two sky quest, it kind of looks like a triumph with a turning bezel on it, you know, like, you know, it's all polishy and there's all these like polished corners and there's all this, you know, there's like a bent GMT hand that goes over an indice and there's, you know, there's ceramics and like what 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 happened between the time that we saw the SkyQuest V1 and then went to V2? Well, at the end of the day, Justin and I said when we started this company, like we were going to create elegant sports watches. Nobody really understood what we were doing because they didn't like it. Okay, it's like we opened up a pizza shop and the first thing we're like is we're going to make the best. You what know, the pizza, fuck is Provel? What the fuck? But we're going to add Provel <laughs> to this goddamn equation, right? Like, you know, if you're from St. Louis, right? Instead, we just said, you know, maybe we should just go make it with mozzarella, you know, like, you know, so we, we broke the brand designs now in two parts. So the Noble will start, you'll start to see the Noble over the next two years evolve into something totally in its own collection, where there will be the Noble this and the Noble that. And you'll start to say, like, this is pretty cool. Like, I'm really down with this noble shit you guys are doing. 
this is really like I showed st- some stuff to Justin while I was in Switzerland with him. And he was like, man, I'm like 2000% in on this league, these new noble ideas. Okay. The other side of that is the sports watch collection. Cause you can't, you know, if you're, if you're a watch guy, you got to have a diver, you got to have a GMT in your lineup. You can't just be all these like smooth bezeled hour, minute seconds, or like, you know, starting to maybe can't be doing all that. That's yeah, you like, can. You gotta have... Yeah, you can. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, as as the guy who's probably like, I'm gonna click on that next diver in 20 minutes to you know like <laughs> new watch alert. But so we decided to really take this path of saying, what's the best things that we love about the SkyQuest, and then let's improve on that with leaning more into things that maybe people don't entirely understand or see. So like for example, we went to a flat GMT hand. Well, yeah, I went to a flat GMT hand, but we it's amazingly well done and the indice is still quite high we actually had to have custom parts made for the hand heights by solita yeah so let's talk a little bit so so what one of the things that so i'm looking at andrew's atlas right now you, you know one of the most notable features of that is that kinked that kinked hand that that rides low that rides low on the dial and then and then is actually bent at two angles i don't know what the angles are uh, but up and over to clear the, the hands. You you eschewed that with the new SkyQuest. I assume that's the most controversial decision that you made with the SkyQuest, but I think that it it is emblematic of what you've done. I think you've made the SkyQuest, instead of being a Triumph or perhaps an Atlas with a bezel, you've made it something entirely more toolish, right? It, mm-hmm. you finally got a tool watch a, a, a couple different a couple a couple of features i recognize right so so the gmt hand being flat you your markers are less pronounced and less beveled uh c- certainly the the metal portions of the markers the the i would say the markers are bigger i don't know that because i haven't measured them uh the markers are more luminous less flashy uh your Dial to me appears to be smaller, but also incredibly more open. What you've done is made this watch seem more utilitarian, more toolish, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we studied the the pros out there who've been doing this, you know, since you know our grandfathers were 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 teenagers. You know, we said, like, what did they do? Why do they evolve? this way you know and you start to see what you know what what breaks the mold at times is like refining and perfecting something and you know we had numbers on the rehot we threw that in the trash we had this like ceramic piece that was like it was cool but it just is too thin we want this aluminum design so we could really kind of nail the coloring um but like you know we went to we went to a aluminum manufacturer who makes aluminum bezels in Switzerland from start to finish. That's pretty expensive to do. There's, I mean, their, their customers are not normally a $2,400 watch brand. It's just, just a fact. Mm-hmm. So we went to all of these extremes and when you touch and feel and hold these things, they're just so much nicer in person than you get on a computer screen. I mean, this is a perfectly sized watch. It's 
like it's smaller than the old one in the sense that it's the lug to lug, but the width is exactly the same. You know, uh, the bezel is, is wider, you know, there's, there's more, there's more readability to it. Now you're right. There's more luminescent material, lots more luminescent material in the indice, but the indice is not so like ridiculous with all of its facets. So it's just, I mean, wouldn't you say, Justin, it's, it's just us perfecting what we originally set out to do. It's somehow elegant by just being the fact that we made it so well mm -hmm. from a quality perspective. But man, if people could have been a fly on the wall for the design process, right? And we're so excited and we're feeling really good about this. So we get the prototypes, then we're even more excited. And then we made a last minute... <laughs> Uh, audible call on the teeth on the bezel and the manufacturer was like no problem but we can only get you two or three of them for prototyping we're like no we really need like eight so we can send out demo units to all these reviewers no that's not going to happen well shoot so we we pretty much had to had to roll this thing out um it, it was kind of half-assed if, if i don't say so myself um not because we were lazy or because we were unprofessional but because we had such limited resources and as you guys probably know, you saw the comments, like it was 50, 50 people either like lost their minds and wanted to like, you know, tell us to F off or they were just totally in love. It was like hot or cold. And Mike and I had numerous like late night calls and they're going, did we screw this up? I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love it. I'm wearing it right now. I really like it. Yeah. But did you see what this guy said? And, and I don't want people listening to this to think that that's all we do but we do pay attention once we kind of make the decision that we have to live with it and move past it and now lo and behold um it's it's now become pretty much like knocking on the door of the noble in terms of bestseller so take a deep breath you know we're we're over six months into this the the, the new sky quest in terms of sales and um it's it's going really well people like yourself now who've had time to digest it and and understand what we did and why we did it um, everybody's kind of coming around to it and, um, and we're going to make this thing for, for a really long time. All right. Tough question. If you could, so, so uh, I'm, I'm going to go through a list of changes. Lug to lug is shorter. So I think you went from 49 to 47 and, and change, point four, uh, yeah. point four, 47.4. Okay. It, got, it got weird. You just get, we just made it weird. Sorry. Uh, 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 <laughs> so bigger bezel, uh, drop the rehot, uh, Changed the GMT hand, got rid of the inner chamfers on the lugs. I'm gonna I'm gonna foot stop here. If you could go back, and maybe you could go back because you own the fucking company. Is there is there any of the changes that you'd pull, or or are you? And and, and again, tough question, tough question. You guys have an opportunity, and you can even differ if you want. I would love to have a fight on forty and twenty. Uh, Anything you'd change? I mean, like, I'm so messed up in the head. Like, we'll get through the first production. It'll be totally perfect. Justin's, like, clicking his heels. And I'm like, I think we should have done this differently on that little, like, very nano thing. And he looks at me. He's just like. Shut the fuck up, Mike. Oh, yeah, literally. I, he doesn't. He never says it to me, but I know he's thinking <laughs> it. I mean, he's probably, like, he's, like, he's probably staring me down like, you're nuts. You're too nuts because this is perfect. So. And then this, the conversations that we had, just to note, Justin was, which normally he's the glasses half empty guy of this partnership. 
and I'm the glasses half full. He was kind of glasses half full going, you just got to let them take this in and just, you know, warm up to this. Cause you know, the numbers are way better than the sky quest previous. We're just kind of getting hammered. I think people just haven't seen it good enough. So, but to, to note something, which I'm going to say, which it's fine. I don't, it's totally fine. It's not going to make anybody not buy the watch, but the crown we engrave, we acid etch engrave the logo in a circle on it. And I mean, I do love it because I really do think this is like our crown design. Um, but we went with a, on the future Ocean King, which is going to release on the 28th of April, we went with um, like a like a debossed crown. So the logo now sticks out instead of being engraved in. And if I would have known how fucking cool that was going to look, I would have liked to have it on the SkyQuest. But it also kind of makes the SkyQuest very unique because it's a little more, I don't want to say vintagey, but just kind of like, it just adds a little panache. So it's the only thing I could probably tweak. What do you think, Justin? Anything you'd probably the only thing I would Now, the only thing I would say, and it's such a... a six of one half a dozen of an uh, of an, six of one half a dozen of another for me is the the debate about aluminum versus ceramic like i love 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 the aluminum bezels um but i think eventually we will probably bring ceramic back to the sky quest at some point but there again it's kind of another differentiating factor between the sky quest and the soon-to-be released ocean king which will of course have a ceramic bezel the one other thing i want to point out just because it's it's something that, that gets brought up a lot uh, so the more people that hear it the better is we did um, update the clasp across the entire collection last year on the turquoise noble limited edition that was kind of the starting point so every watch now including the sky quest has a clasp that is more curved which thereby makes it a little bit shorter and it just makes if, if it was possible to make an amazing bracelet even better that that right there uh, just took it up another notch. I, I think that's the one that's the one objection to the to the Monta bracelet is the length of the clasp, right? Which is a, a necessary evil with quick adjust. So mm -hmm. and so many because yeah. you have the new one and I have the previous iteration. Yep. I just looked at your wrist and you're not wearing the bracelet. But, Neither one of us is. Uh, but the shape, <laughs> my wrist shape, lends itself well to that clasp length. To the longer. So I've, clasp, I've not had yeah. I've not had an issue with it, but I see why people do. Yeah. So yeah. since we've kind of touched on. The Ocean King. Yeah, since you guys jumped the gun, just you know, it's there. Thanks yeah, a lot. Speak. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, so <laughs> let let's hear it. I mean, I'm doing a lot of talking here, but you know, just to kind of just say it out loud, like, yeah, King's coming back on 28th, baby. We're launching it at uh, Wind Up. It's it's gonna blow some fucking minds. It's super cool. Um, we listened, didn't we, Justin? I I think so. Yeah, I mean, if if people don't like this one after literally over a year now of no Ocean King in the lineup, um, I don't I don't know what else we can do because it's uh, on it quits. Yeah, yeah, just, <laughs> yeah. just hang them up, the fuckers. <laughs> Take the shoes Thank off. You. Put them in the center of the circle. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it it will have a ceramic bezel. Um, it's going to be a different case than the sky quest, but it's kind of one of those things where the four of us, we, we could identify some of the differences. The lay person is going to say they look the same. So it's going to be 
those fun little details that if you like to get down in the weeds. Um, it's going to have a slightly uh, updated uh, clasp. Um, it's still going to have the quick adjust, but we made a few um, few cosmetic changes to the clasp. And and, um, and then it's going to have a um, an actual encapsulated luminous pip within the ceramic. Ooh. Uh, we worked. Yeah, okay. worked incredibly, incredibly hard on, I should say Mike, Mike worked incredibly hard. I just sat there and listened and, and watched. It's what you do that's, best, um, Justin. It's that's what you the do hardest best, work frankly. to be done. It's the, yeah. ther- he's the yeah, therapy exactly. session telling yeah. me it'll be yeah, all exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's just going to feel great to, to get it out there. We've had a lot of people constantly emailing in, sending DMs, asking about it. And, um, that just puts a huge smile on my face to know that people are that excited about it and that, you know, our, our raving fans are, are just chomping at the bit to see this thing. I'm a little bummed. I'm not going to make it to wind up San Francisco. I've got a family commitment. So uh, Mike and Chandler, our watchmaker are going to be there, but we've got a fun, fun kind of unveiling plan. Um, and I'll say, I'll say guess, if you're going to be in San Francisco, I've met Chandler. Uh, I've, I've obviously, I know Justin and Mike really well. Chandler is the nicest of the group. So if you get an opportunity to talk to <laughs> he's Chandler, he's the best one. Yeah. He's the better. He's really he's charismatic. He yeah. He sells he the is, most watches. <laughs> you know, it, we're, we're very fortunate, lucky, blessed all of these things to, to have him on the team. But I, I think that the thing that I have to remind myself often is he is just not your typical watchmaker. Um, he's extremely talented, but he is um he has to be the most extroverted watchmaker on the planet um and that's that's no knock against watchmakers but usually they're kind of uh they're a little introverted to themselves you know their their brain functions a little differently than ours just because of the mechanical nature and they live um, through channels are right we have we, we have a great time hanging out um i know you guys have you guys met him um last fantastic year and, dude yeah yeah fantastic he's yeah, a funny yeah, shit so. he's just he's just a hoot to hang out with i mean not yeah. to yeah like not to go down the path of how boring watchmakers can be because some of them are super fun, but yeah, it's just like, he's just, he's got a great sense of humor, but, um, so you guys, you guys will be the fifth and sixth people to, to see this. Okay. I mean, if you, if you want, we can, we, I mean, Justin could share the screen of the pictures of the ocean. Nah, it's fine. It's no, fine. I, I saw everything I needed to see. So whew, yep. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to comment on any details here, but I'm seeing, yeah. I'm seeing some, I'm seeing some new, uh, sky quest elements and I'm also seeing some old ocean King elements. So I, I think people are going to be surprised. We're That's su- we're, we're yeah. seeing a leap, a, a graduation, if you will. I like what yeah, you're, and I yeah. and I've I like got the I've got the I've got the bracelet right here. I've got the prototype that we've slightly abused because I'm that's my job also is to destroy things. So you can kind of see. I see. It is, okay, it is different. Yeah, it it's uh it's the this area here I had to polish myself. So forgive how it's not perfect. But um, is there more yeah, curvature? The, there, yeah. Is there more curvature there? Am I am I allowed to say it, that? It, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's this bottom part here is it's got yeah it's a, got a shorter a, it, a shorter you know, radius is I think. I mean, I'm starting to feel like the dick joke's coming. Like the it's the girth is here <laughs> and the length is there is longer and yes. So, but um, but yes, definitely the radius is the that that's so, that. 
you know, like to use the analogy, like, like if, if you make something more curved, you by definition are going to short point A to point B. Yeah. Right. You know, so that, that was the feedback we were getting and, and we kept studying this and studying this and saying like, that that's not the problem. It's, it's the curvature. Um, cause you, you have to be able to get it open far enough to slide it on and off your hand. And if you make it too short, you've got, you know, some of these guys, they have, they have bigger hands than their wrist and they have a hard time sliding it on and off. And, and you could reach the point where you couldn't slide it on your wrist. If that, if that folding piece was too short, you, you know, I have on a number of occasions pitched that the one thing in watches that needs to be torn down to zero is clasp design based on, I think clasp design 40 years ago was very good based on where we were at. And I think that we have doubled down on the existing designs to do the things we want. I think clasps are more than any other single thing in watches, the thing that could be rethought from zero in a way to move things forward. I am happy to consult with you guys for a very small fee about my ideas on this. Uh, but it, it's really interesting to me. We're, we're always there. There are known, there are known objections to clasps and the, the problems are physical. And, and, mm -hmm. and I think without a complete teardown of the design, we're always going to have these issues. I think you guys are doing a really good job. So that looks phenomenal. I think if you at home are listening to this and you haven't seen the things we've seen tonight, as is so often the case, you're going to be, you're going to be pleasantly surprised. Uh, but I, I do think that's a place clasps. We should talk about clasps and not us or, or even us, but we as a community should talk about clasps moving forward. Well done, you guys. This I, looks this looks wonderful. I think bezels need to go right into that same like thing because like, you know, I hear dudes being like, "Oh, I bought this blah 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 watch, spent five grand on it, and the bezel popped off six days later," and I'm like, "Well, that's not good." And the new SkyQuest design, which we also evolved a lot of that tech into into the Ocean King, um, like you can't pull the bezel off. You can't. It's not <laughs> possible with your hands. Oh. There's you could you could go get like a screwdriver and shove it in there, and then for about five or six minutes, you could twist the thing apart. And then here's the crazy thing: we could then put it right back on. Yeah, like it's the, Three the patents pending on that. Yeah, the tech in that bezel is. I haven't seen anything come out of any watch brand as creative as that. I, I mean. It's just the truth. Like you can't, you can't pull the thing off. <laughs> Your bezel's not coming off. And then, and then, literally, the way it feels when you turn it, I guarantee you, you'd be like, I can't stop playing with this because it absolutely is so fun to play with and it's so smooth and, um, yeah, it's just so so nice. So yeah, it's okay. Then we drop into a big joke, big joke number two. It's oh, so just, smooth. I just hung and out it's so there. fun to play with it. I yeah. couldn't get out. It's like a, thir it's like a fourteen year old boy. Uh, I, so I gotta say, uh, I when when I got my atlas, I had an idea of what I was getting into, and it was a big purchase. It was my first like real big kid watch, and I got it, and I was blown away 
un, in a way that I've not ever been with any other watch besides perhaps the perhaps the Santos. Every other watch that I've ever tried on, I've been like, okay, yep, I get it. This is meets expectations. Everything I've ever tried on from you guys, I tried on. I'm like, what the fuck? How are you guys doing this? And I, and and you say, oh, by the way, three patents pending on this, on this tiny, arguably insignificant thing. It's not important to me if I can't remove my bezel, and if I do, that you can fix it. But it's important to you, and that's what makes Monta special, I think. Yeah, you guys do all of the little things that don't even matter so well and they culminate to this you guys have been able to create warmth in steel liquid metal i think will used the term in his skyquest review uh liquid metal and i read it and i was like that's it yes that's it uh yeah it's there's warmth in your cases you're doing something so cool and it's you, you exist in this really weird space that i think people are unwilling to accept because not unwilling to accept because people have great acceptance for you i think the reticence that you see in the negative social media comments you see are driven by how on earth can a two thousand dollar watch be as good as everyone says it is and because internet people are stupid and also neckbeard yeah uh he's yeah. not great um but it's it it really is you're you guys are doing something really cool so you guys, with with that, you, you know, I think what we're gonna have to do is bring you guys back because um, th- th- there's a number of things we can't get to tonight. So here we are. We're at an hour fourteen. This is long for us. Uh, and and, and, and <laughs> well, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but but with with that in mind, I'd really like you guys, one or both of you. To come back because I think you guys have a lot. So, so we talk to micro brands, right? Micro brands. So I have some experience with with what it's like to, to operate a micro brand. You guys are doing something different. I'd like if one of you guys would come back soon and talk to us about running a company building watches in Switzerland because I think this is a pretty unique opportunity for us. So. You guys don't have to promise right now, but if one of you guys or both of you perhaps would like to come back and talk to us about that, I would I would love it because I think these folks at home would love to hear more about what it's like to make watches in Switzerland. We've had a lot of folks come on the show and talk about what it's like to make watches in China. Certainly, we've had Mike France talk to us on a uh, on a number of occasions about their Swiss operations, but I think you guys could provide maybe a unique perspective on the Swiss watchmaking industry. With respect to the U.S., right? Going from the U.K. to Switzerland is a very different experience than from the U.S. to Switzerland. So, no promises, but I'd love to have you guys back on soon. <clears throat> With that in mind, I think we need to call it for tonight. Anything else you guys want to add about Monta? or what Monta is doing right now before we transition. I always just say we are always here to help. Again, where I sit is kind of running customer service for us day to day. Um, for the foreseeable future, we still have the ability to to spend time with folks when we can. But 
Uh, we're never too busy to respond to an e a DM or an email or a phone call. Um, so if you have questions, just reach out and um, and thank you for for the praise. I didn't want to interrupt you guys. I just wanted to have Andrew just keep going on and on about the warmth of our steel, but we'll save that for the next time. But, no, we're just it's it's awesome to see a, a mont on both of your wrists, and and I know Mike and I are both very honored to, to call you both friends and customers so so thank you very much yeah to be clear we we bought these watches these aren't gifts this wasn't like a marketing thing for us to be wearing watches yeah that's right these are we, our watches. Yes. we've both we, paid we've both paid retail for monta watches yeah. because we're into it and i what? hate to say this because it's really pissed people off probably but like we just don't give discounts ever like you, you it's, shouldn't it's, it's, you're already giving a discount at your yeah at it's, your it's already discounted <laughs> like you know so it's it's gonna it's, 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 it's as deeply discounted as it's gonna get. So, but there is one thing I did want to point out though that's pretty exciting is on twenty eighth we have an additional surprise that nobody knows about. We're gonna come back oh. to that. We're gonna come so, back to that, Andrew. Yeah. yeah, Andrew. The time has come, and I'm so excited. <clears throat> I'm so excited. The time has come. Other things. What do you got? I have a weird kid. He, he's he's per, yes yes you do he's perhaps the only child on the planet earth who doesn't like mashed potatoes right like what kind of a human doesn't like mashed potatoes i like yeah i don't know it's it's problematic for me because i love mashed potatoes they're like a perfect side for almost any meal so tonight i made salt pork with boiled cabbage and I wanted potatoes to go along the side because that's what you do with that. And I was like, okay, what am I going to do? Because I didn't want to just like roast potatoes. I was like, I, I'm going to do smashed potatoes, which is not mashed potatoes. And I had to be really clear in my language with him. Smashed potatoes, for those of you unaware, you boil your potatoes like you're going to mash them. And then you squish them on a sheet pan, drizzle them with butter and olive oil, salt and pepper, and roast them off for about an hour let them get all nice and crispy so you get almost like a like a cake like a potato cake on the bottom and then right like the last 10 minutes i shave some parmesan on top and then i hit the ones that go on my wife's plate with some parsley and truffle oil and the kids just get a little bit of extra shaved parmesan and holy shit if this if you're that's not how you're treating potato like this could replace mashed potatoes for me and it, it effectively has on every other occasion, but for Thanksgiving, because there's still mashed potatoes for Thanksgiving. But smashed potatoes, man, these are my jam. And you can obviously you can treat them like any other way. I've done them with like fingerlings for like uh, sides for like football games or for like the Super Bowl or for gatherings of people coming over. But that's been that's my other thing. Smashed potatoes, bake them, get them really crispy. They're so good. Don't don't peel them though. Don't peel them. Because the peel holds that potato together, and you get all that delicious potato cheesy truffly goodness. I'm with you, man. I've done them several times. I know exactly exactly what you're talking about. That's my good move. That's my other thing. Doesn't like mashed potatoes, like freak. But these are these are also good. Potatoes are that crazy thing, right? It's like everything about potatoes is good. Yeah, you Nothing can cook. Bad. Yeah, no. Parmesan truffle. I used the last of that. Uh, uh, what was that blue wrapper cheese? Oh boy, that might be my other thing next week because that shit was good. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna look it up. That's my. That's gonna be my other thing for next week. It's gonna be primed. Justin Croto, aka Croto, aka Justin. What do you got? 
Um, I'll give you two things. Um, number one, mm. learn about and understand Bitcoin. That's all I'm going to say. Mike knows I love to talk about it. Oh boy! It's a good time as it as it just crossed thirty thousand again. And then number two, after the significant losses that you've suffered in the last year, good lord. Yeah, um, he's mining it in his basement. So just watch out, guys. Yeah. I've I've gotten back into sneakers. I was huge into sneakers as a kid, and um, maybe are. it's just the everything bubble, but. Oh. There is a strong correlation in the watch market and the sneaker market in terms of, you yeah. know, like what what shoes are the Daytonas or the Royal Oaks or the Nautiluses or whatever it is. And do you guys um, know Pete chilling with chilling with watches, Pete, YouTube channel? One no. of my one of my good good friends, uh someone who does fantastic reviews of watches, he is a tried and true sneakerhead, and Justin, yeah. you and he are on oh, the nice. same you you guys are on the same plane in this regard. All right, you got to introduce me. All right, we'll do. I want to deal. Him. But yeah, having a blast with uh, with sneakers. Just picked up a uh, a new pair of the Ashen Gray Jordan One Lows uh, for for those of my springtime kicks. Jordan One Low Ashen Gray. Now, is this a thing? So, so the problem I have with sneakers is much like limited edition Omega sneakers are like the ones you want are impossible to get right it's so frustrating i I remember being in high school so i grew up in portland andrew and i both grew up in the portland area and i grew up in portland too that's that's what i just said you said the portland area is if i didn't know you you, (laughs) he was in he was in beaver i grew up in the city limits man (laughs) uh you, you know in in portland you've got you've got access to watch it or to watches to shoes in a way that nobody else in the world does right literally adidas u.s operations and nike u.s operations are right there and so you've got these access to shoes but that's it so so i remember growing up being in high school getting like you just like go down to the like the test facility and get brand new off the charts shoes that's totally changed you cannot buy the shoes that you want if you are reading about shoes you cannot buy them. They're gone. Yeah. Is that the case with these Ashen Gray Lows? Uh, no, but I did have to pay a premium for them on the GOAT app, but it wasn't yeah, GOAT, StockX, or whatever, right? Yeah. Secondary yeah. market bullshit. But some of them, like like these, you know, Travis Scott, uh, like they're like the whatever, like the whatever ones. Travis Scott has yeah. touched this month. They're like 15, they're like 1500 bucks. Yeah. Um, which I think retail are probably 200 something. So massive markups, but I don't, I don't go for that. One of my coworkers played college ball and then she played pro ball in Europe. uh, And her shoe collection was just. She has like the wall with all the displays. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's like, I don't know. I got like, they they gave me that. I never wore it, but they gave me that. Like you, you, the amount of money you have in shoes, like, could pay off my mortgage. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it's crazy. I mean, it, it it's, it's even, I, I think that market's even crazier than, than, than watches. So my present, my present obsession is all the time Tom Sachs stuff from Nike. I'm, I'm into the Tom Sachs stuff. So Mike, Mike Demartini, not Demartinez, as nope. was earlier proposed. Mike Demartini, other things, what do you got? So, man, I had to like struggle to think about this because 
I sometimes I just get so wrapped up in my own stuff. I forget about like the thing I might be also interested in. Um, one, I don't know if you guys have seen this brand. It seems like it kind of came out of nowhere. It's called Viore. It's like, I'm, 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 it's V O or it's V U O R I or V U O R one. I can't, I don't know. This brand makes mm. the best pants for just like going around town and just, I, I'm wearing, I, I almost wear them only now and it's just super comfortable. I would have to give these pants a 10 out of 10. Are um, these the signature joggers? They may be, but I just absolutely love them. You, I think they're super cool. Or do you wear the, uh, the cargo pants? Uh, wait, 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 wait. You, you, you don't know what your other thing is. That's that's my <clears throat> conclusion here. Uh, no, I mean, I have like, I, so one day I just walked into a store, kind of very long story short, I had, had a house fire and I lost everything in my house. Like it just When did away. this happen? In November. Yeah. Oh my God. I just like everything burned up. It's really, it was sad, but at the time I was like very disappointed and really got me in the stomach. But I was like, oh, well, I got to buy new pants. I wonder you know? why that I just, baseboard was. Because so I mean, I, they were all gone, like everything gone. So I went to Nordstrom's and bought a pair of these things. And I was like, holy crap, these are really comfortable. And, you know, I had to wear them for, you know, a week straight because I only had one pair of pants. Um, and surprisingly, that pair of pants, which I have fully abused, still looks like they're brand new. And now I've bought, we'll say, six pairs of, of them for my for my six days of the week that uh, then I, you know, finally get to the, you know, wash them or whatever. But they're just so incredibly comfortable. The second thing is I recently acquired a Rolex root beer, the the most current model. That is such a nice watch. Like Ooh, that is yeah. such a nice watch. I mean, I'm just going to come out and say I was not a pink gold guy. Yeah, I, it just wasn't. It was not in my like it was not on the vision board. And the AD called me that I'm close friends with was like, hey, I got your got your root beer in. And I was like, oh, OK, cool. You know, and I kind of was scared because I thought I'd never get offered anything. So I went and bought it. It is literally like you know, right? I know you're like, wait, what? As you do, as As one does when an AD calls and says, "Hey, I have your thing." Because if you say no, then there's no other things. Like that's it. Yeah, yeah, you're like, good, good luck getting anything out of me ever again, fucker. So like, um, so yeah, so like I immediately ran over, bought it, and I kind of the whole time I'm like, oh, I don't probably shouldn't be doing this, but oh well. And I am like, I, I just absolutely am enamored how beautiful it is and how it is just so well done and how the brown and black bezel looks just amazing with the pink gold. And they just, I, I you know, I know this watch has been out for so long and we've all seen it, It, but it is just, most people haven't seen one with a kiss. real movement in it though. Yeah. It, it, it's low key. I think maybe like most underrated iconic watches, right? It, it, we, we talk a lot about the, the iconic watches and they all tend to be, the straightforward black or white dials, uh, you, you, you know, perhaps Speedmaster, uh, you, you know, a a white dial Navitimer or whatever. I think the the Rubier is low key like the most underrated iconic watches because it is iconic, but it's not one that comes up in that conversation very often. So it is a sleeper watch. Sleeper it is like. 
Yeah, but, like, I don't know. It's but, not very sleepy, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's not a president with a green dial, you know, sure, or sure. you know, or like a paddock aquanaut or something like that, or fifty-seven eleven. That you're like, oh, is that a fifty-seven eleven? Holy shit! Yeah, you know. So, but it just, it's you know, if you see somebody like wearing one on the street, you know, you might like be like, wow, oh, that's a nice watch. Like, that's cool. But you're never gonna stop the guy. Yeah. Where ironically, if you have like a, if you if you see like a fifty-seven eleven or like a something really just hard to acquire, you're probably going to stop the guy. Like you're standing in line at Starbucks. You're like, you know, is that, a, is that an AP like 15400 is on your wrist right now? Is that, is that the Royal Oak? Like <laughs> that's pretty badass you have. Yeah. Whereas, you know, the root beer, I, the root beer is the seafoam green country squire. That's what that is. Right. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. All right. So I've got another thing. I've got another thing. Do me. Succession. Oh. Have you guys heard of this show, oh, Succession? Yeah. Six, no. Succession is back. First season four. And Succession has this formula, right? Anybody, like there's a certain amount of self-loathing that's involved in watching Succession, right? You're watching these <laughs> these people with, with 1% or money doing you know making one percenter lives like like the 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 flaws of these people are 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 really relatable even if the circumstances are not uh but here we are three and three and change seasons deep and there were expectations because seasons one through three of succession had had this formula right they had developed this formula we're going to we're we're gonna introduce the people where they're at we're going to introduce the conflicts and then everything's going to go to shit so i am so so season four has just started and here we are i think three seasons three episodes in and the shit just hit the fan so if you are watching succession or you've been watching succession and you haven't yet tuned in a don't read a single word because you're going to get fucked up. Just just if you see Succession, stop reading. Don't read anything. Some news outlet, it was their banner, like their banner uh, online article this morning was the spoiler. Don't read anything. That was a news article in and of itself that they spoiled it. Watch it because, oh my God. So there have been a handful of shows that I've watched. So... Uh, I will always say the finale, the season four finale of Breaking Bad is one of the most incredible moments in television history. Mm -hmm. That scene where Gus Fring is standing in the field after the bomb goes and you're like, what the? Oh, my God. Uh, The latest episode of Succession. I felt similarly about so uh, all of the actors in Succession are brilliant. Sarah Snook is th- maybe the most underrated television actor of all time. The performances are phenomenal, and this episode is pedestrian in the it, it and relatable. I was blown away. This is number two all-time TV, like, contemporaneous feelings I've ever had. Second only 
to the season finale of Breaking Bad where I was like, fuck, that's the end. I watched this episode with my wife two nights ago and I was like, this is incredible. So if you're caught up on six, so, so first, if you're not caught up on succession, just stop. Don't read anything. Don't look at anything. Get caught up. The show is just, wonderful. Just turn off your phone. The show's wonderful, even though it's terrible. It's the worst kind of wonderful. It's awful and repulsive and amazing. Watch it. Get caught up. When you get to this last episode, just stop what you're doing. Put the kids to bed. Open a nice bottle of wine because I you can't I can't go back. There's no way to go back. This is it's one of those things. You cannot get it back. It's phenomenal. I don't even want to say anything else about it because I don't want to spoil it at all. Don't read anything. Oh my God. Oh my God. That's all I'll say about it. You've got me all excited because I've only seen the first two episodes of season one, and that's where I got sidetracked. So now I'm gonna get back into it. Don't read anything, Justin. Don't read a word. Oh my god. I was blown away. Like, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Really, really, really good television. You know that you already know the spoiler, so you can't even do it. <laughs> I've never watched it either. All right. I, I Jesus. It's, it, I've tried it. I got through episode one a couple times and it just never hooked me. Oh, my God. Oh, my, <clears throat> the best television ever made, perhaps. Up there, at least bold statement i don't know man i watched the bear like the, the, the i loved the bear man so oh my good. god that was that was one of the best tv experiences i've ever seen it just was so so good uh and i'm not talking about the cocaine bear i mean i'm talking about the one where there's like a, <laughs> you know like, yeah like, yeah you know with with the um, fellow from uh shameless yeah yeah i mean it so was good. just you know just the 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 connection to the family story and like the you know the flawless the way that they had done the whole thing like you know back when i was in college i was uh just like everybody else I had a crappy job in a restaurant i was washing dishes and um it, just that whole experience of working in a kitchen and hearing the way that they talk and the way they communicate um it just it's exactly that you know and and I was working in a kitchen where they were trying to elevate themselves and go beyond what they were. And in the bear, in bear, that's the same thing. You know, it's like there, it's a, there was a, it's basically a Chicago sandwich shop. And the guy's like, he was, a, let's make it uh, like, let's a th- make it yeah, better. he's like a three-star Michelin chef. He inherits this, this sandwich shop from his brother. And he's just like, I'm just going to crush this shit. And I'm just going to push it to the envelope. And you think the whole time he's just doing Coke or something. Cause he just looks like a hot mess, but you just dig deeper into who he is. And he's just trying to push himself so hard. The bear, I hate to... the bear was made for for service industry folks. I I, I believe that wholeheartedly. That, that I I almost think if you weren't ever in the service industry, you're not gonna you're not gonna get the most from that show. It is a service industry specialty. So, because it's a weird world. Yeah, it's a weird. It's world. a weird yeah. world, gentlemen. Here we are. Kind of like being a watch brand. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There's it's, something it's to that. It's less weird than being a watch brand. It's way less weird. Yeah, where's where's the Netflix series about that? Somebody needs to to write that. I don't. I don't think I. I mean, I. People would be like, "Man, these guys love each other," but they sure do. Like, go to extremes. They're too nuts. They're they're nutty boys. So, gentlemen, but, here we uh, are. I'm gonna sell it to Netflix. Hour and thirty five minutes in. So happy 
So happy uh, that you guys joined us. What a pleasant surprise. Uh, I, I'm going to pitch you guys on a follow-up episode, so l- let's be in touch. And, and if you're at home listening, uh, be excited. I think it's going to be fun. We've talked a little bit about April 28th being an important date for you guys. Real quick, n- next 45 seconds, tell us what you want to tell us about April 28th. Uh, for me, I think that, you know, as I'm, we're going to, to wind up, which is the show in, in San Francisco, you guys will both be in San Francisco, Warner will wind up sadly, Justin won't. Oh, that's right. That's right. He said that previous family engagement. That's right. But but the first thing is, is we have, um, you know, we have the ocean King coming. It's, it's, uh, it's hopefully going to shock you. Hopefully you're going to be excited. We're going to open up a pre-order. Uh, on the 28th you'll see teaser picks probably starting monday the before so like five days before uh we'll do an instagram live the second we actually you know show the thing on probably the 27th i guess justin because it'll be the day before right before i go and then um the other thing is that we've got a we've we've definitely fallen into this path where we're really leaning into the noble more i'll just say that and hopefully you like that too. So, um, and, and hopefully it starts to, to get you excited. So we'll, we'll, it'll be related to the noble. Wonderful. So. Can't wait. You guys, Justin, Mike, thank you guys so much for joining us. Andrew, before we, before we send it off, anything you want to add? Come on, things, man. Hey, you guys at home. Thank you so much for joining us for this a little bit long, but I think pretty worthwhile episode of 40 and 20 of the Watch Clicker podcast. Why don't you do us a favor? Check us out at watchclicker.com. That's our website. That's where we post every single episode of this podcast, as well as articles, reviews. I think if you go to Google, we are the highest appearing review of the new SkyQuest, by the way. You can also check us out on the socials. In particular, Instagram at WatchClicker or at 40 and 20 underscore WatchClicker. That's where we post updates, the things we're doing, sometimes sexy pictures, whatever. Wait for the OnlyFans. That's coming. <laughs> if you want to support us, and look, we really hope you do, you can do that at patreon.com slash 40 and 20. Look, that's how we that's how we get all the money to keep this thing running. We're not getting paid, but it doesn't matter because we love doing it but it does cost money for hosting software hardware that sort of stuff if you want to support us you can do that patreon.com slash 40 and 20 and other than that check out monta montawatches.com and don't forget to tune in next thursday for another hour of watches food drinks life and other things we like bye-bye